bist du hier aller Ehre. Was ist Wundes hier geschehe? Dass ein Magd ein Kind gebar, ihre über aller Engel schar. Was das nicht ein Wunder Hello, everyone. We'll get started. Um, for those of you who don't know, my name is Matt Hegis. I'm the co-host of a cult literary podcast called New Right. That's right spelled W-R-I-T-E, for anyone who is wondering. Um, my co-host, Dan Baltic, lives in Brooklyn, so he couldn't be here tonight. Um, but I've also more recently started a solo podcast I'm calling Strange Flows, which is a little more LA-centric. Um, this interview we're about to record uh, will more than likely end up as an episode of both. You can find them both on Spotify. Check me out. Um, also, like my guest tonight, I'm a novelist. I published my debut novel, Dragon Day, with Terror House Press uh, in 2021, and got my next projects in the works. But I'm really here to introduce Alex Kanemi. Um I first come, came across Alex's work in 2021, same year I published my novel, uh, the same year that Dan and I started New Right, and coming across Alex's name for the first time uh, happened for me in a very charmed manner that I promise I wouldn't talk too explicitly about. Um, but when I found Alex's name, I immediately realized he was someone I should be paying attention to, uh, and maybe even that he was a kindred spirit. Uh, for one thing, the list of artists he'd befriended or collaborated with over the years um, in his capacity as a pop artist as well as a writer um, was almost uncannily name for name with my own personal list of inspirations, um, the type of cultural figures I'd been obsessing over from early teenhood through college um, who'd inspired me to pursue the artistic and literary life in the first place and in some cases, admittedly, uh, who had moved to Los Angeles dreaming of emulating or one day meeting. Um, that personal list of mine um, includes Marilyn Manson, um, for whom Alex shot a publicity campaign, uh, Brett Easton Ellis, uh, whom Alex counts as a close and personal friend, and I promised I would plug that Alex just did an interview for Brett's uh, podcast, the Brett Easton Ellis podcast on Patreon. If you subscribe as a platinum subscriber, subscriber you can said, listen yeah. to it tonight. Uh, I think it goes live for gold and silver a little down the line, but uh, you should uh, get that platinum subscription. Yeah. Um, but other artists, you know, Ariel Pink, uh, with whom Alex wrote the song, one of my favorite Ariel Pink songs, Not Enough Violence. Alex actually helped pen that song. And um, also Camille Paglia, uh, with whom Alex has collaborated with on many pieces and also counts as a friend. So I, you know, see all these names. These are my heroes. Um, a lower part of me probably could be jealous, but mostly, um, mostly I'm just glad to see, you know, other millennial cuspers. Both Alex and I were born in 1994. Oh, yeah. Out there doing it, um, behind the scenes of culture, doing things his way. Um, you know, you're, he's, oh. Oh. Yeah, that's doing things my way. <laughs> 
you know, Alex is notably not on any social media, but he has found a way to be um, a hell of an influencer behind the scenes. Um, and I'll, I'll turn it over to Alex in a moment, but, it, you know, beyond the names that really speak to me, it's, it's worth noting Alex has also worked with Madonna, Taylor Swift, Rose McGowan, Lana Del Rey, just an incredible, incredible resume of names. So by feeling very much upon yeah. discovering you, was like, I got to be paying attention to this yeah. guy. Um, Alex, it, we're mostly going to be talking about his debut novel, uh, New Millennium Boys, which technically comes out tomorrow, but we have some copies, some some copies tonight, yeah. which you will be signing, correct, after? Yeah. Um, so you should definitely pick one up. Um, but the first book I ever read of Alex's is another book called Pop Magic, A Simple Guide to Bending Your Reality, um, which I also want to talk about. I think there's a lot of okay. interesting talking points between New Millennium Boys and Pop Magic that I want to get into. Um, New Millennium Boys has been generating a lot of buzz. Uh, it was just just got a great write-up from James Nolick on Dennis Cooper's blog, which is an enviable feat for anyone in the quote-unquote indie-lit world. Um, but I should hand it over to you. Alex, how's it going? Good. Thank you for making me sound so insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. How have you been? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Um, how you... you <laughs> Scott, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. get this passing yeah, back and forth thing done. Um, you know, you're you're coming from Vancouver. Yeah. You've been to LA many times, but yeah. this is your first time since 2019. How are you liking it this time around? I just I don't know how people live in this city. Oh, like damn. it's so insane with the traffic and everything. It's like I spent most of my time in Ubers, like for hours in traffic. Like it's it's a beautiful city though. It's made all my dreams come true. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's all. We all feel about LA on some level, yeah. um, but to jump into the novel, uh, my first question is why Y two K? New Millennium Boys, for anyone who doesn't know, is set during the Y two K era. Follows a wayward high school student mm -hmm. uh, on a dark path. Yeah. Um, you said something on Sean Stone's podcast about how there's something about the era, not that we were born and not necessarily became of age, but that sort of our soul came into being in. And for both of us, again, yeah, both born yeah, in 1994, yeah, yeah. that is 2000. So I'm not saying I don't get it. Yeah. And there's a lot of Y2K nostalgia. Maybe on some of you are pushing back on that, but... Yeah. Yeah, why Y2K as opposed to, like, you could have written, like, a 2010s novel that was more directly autobiographical or something. But what, what led you to Y2K? Well, mostly because when I started the book, I was really annoyed with everyone's obsession with Y2K on Tumblr, and I was just trying to figure out what is the appeal to this period, right? And a lot of people who are teenagers, like in 2013, 2012, had this like idea, oh, I would be happier in 1999. I would be happier if my life felt like a 90s teen movie. So I wanted to like investigate this and unmask a darker truth about that era. Yeah, I mean, you. Uh, I think I heard you mention you... When you started the book, yeah. I mean, the history of this book, which some of you may know, yeah. 2014, mm -hmm. 2015 about, it was a, a viral manuscript. manuscript yeah. Um, yeah. I uploaded it to Tumblr. I put a fighter fish on my tongue. You, yeah, right, right. <laughs> that famous photo yeah, yeah. went viral, yeah, got yeah. picked up by the now defunct MTV Books. Yeah. It was like mm -hmm. probably some kind of record-breaking deal at the time for Yeah, I got a young, good amount of money. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But um, you kind of from my mm -hmm. perspective, made the discipline choice to not necessarily finish the book right there and then, yeah. but rather 
let it, you know, craft it until it was. Oh yeah, because I was eighteen and not ready to be published. You know, like some people can write a song like Criminal, like Fiona Apple at Mm nineteen. I couldn't do that. You know, so I definitely needed time to like shape what I wanted the final product to be. And I, I spent a lot of. I mean, the book is like a catalog of every adolescent feeling I've ever felt. You know, and that's why people are like. This is so I'm emotionally aggressive because I had like a catalog of everything that I've gone through since I was like 18, like putting it all together. And eventually, you presumably hit an age where you realized you could look back on it. Absolutely, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was there a specific moment in your life when you realized I'm ready to finish this thing? Yeah, the pandemic. The pandemic. Yeah, because of yeah, because everything everything slowed down. Everything that would like make me want to write, and when I would throw myself into experiences just to write about it that all stopped that I had no choice but to deal with the thousands like not thousands but so many like notes and scrapbooks and things written on receipts and I just had to like yeah, put it all together yeah yeah for is sure. there a world in which the pandemic this is kind of I wasn't gonna ask this but I, it occurs to me was there a world in which the pandemic did not happen that this may never have seen the light of day? I don't know I yeah, mean yeah. Brett says he might have never finished Glamorama you know right. if, you know or the shards yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literally without the pandemic there are these projects yeah. that some of us all have that are like mammoth fucking tasks, and like that was my mammoth task. You, you know were what I mean? Forced to confront yeah, that yeah, pile exactly, of papers. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, um, part of what I was going to ask about that, you know, was there was there you mentioned how you ended up pushing back more on the nostalgia for yeah. 1999, 2000 era. Was was that a development, or did you, from the get were you as a teenager writing this book? Were you like I'm pushing back on this way of no, nostalgia? I think or when, that that yeah. developed the time. I think yeah. when I started writing it, I probably did have a romanticized view yeah. of Y2K. I think we all did it. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. when I started to study, you know, the real level of like daily hate crimes that queer mm-hmm. people went through and things like that, and just really coming to the reality of what the era was like behind like. The saccharine idea I had in my head. It also became a case study about Columbine, obviously, right? right? With Brooks yeah, giving me the blurb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooks Brown being yeah. a friend of. Yeah, he kind of gave me a, yeah. bl- a blessing when I was 19. I was like, I'm going to write about Eric and Dylan, and I know that you know them. Yeah. And give me any info that you remember. Oh, so that was part of your. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or? I asked wow, I didn't Brooks even... research about yeah. Eric and Dylan, for sure. Um. I was going to ask another question. You know, you're someone who takes astrology pretty seriously. Yeah. Um, as yeah. am I, yeah. uh, to, to a large extent. I believe in the occult, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be here without the occult. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, our mutual friend, Chris Gabriel, meme analysis. Yes, uh, we, shout we, we out to Chris. This question yeah, yeah. Um, of when, like, the aeon of Aquarius started, when yeah. the new age dawned. Um, and Chris always says, yeah. 2000. The year your book is set. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the big scene yeah, over yeah. the New Year's party is the dividing line. Um, do you do you view it as do you view it similarly? Like that's like 2000 is the dawn of the new aeon, or you think it's a more general process? Or I mean, isn't that kind of like captured in like the ray of light video, the Madonna ray of light video, with all the you know everything moving and like this idea that we're coming on the cusp of something big and something, the millennium is coming. But also um, Uranus, I think the pun Uranus went into Aquarius at the time and that was like the right. development of the, the web and the early web and AOL and things like that. So yeah, I definitely think there was spiritual shifts that influenced the forecast of the trends for sure, yeah. Is that part of what you were trying to capture in New Millennium I mean, Boys or is it a little more behind the surface? I mean, I thought about it like yeah. when an astrologer told me about it but it wasn't something like calculating now yeah um 
not a question so much as a comment. I mean, my one of my large takeaways from the book um, mm-hmm. is that is I guess the relevance of Y2K to now. Yeah. I think that your book does a really good job of illustrating that. Yeah. Um, how sort of the you can follow a breadcrumb trail of the current internet culture oh, back yeah, to the yeah, darkness yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. other yeah. things it's captured in. Yeah. In New Millennium Boys in that Y2K era. I mean, on the one hand. Um, are you know, talking inter- about like masculinity, like Andrew Tate, like that? Or? That's part of it, but also just you know the the internet culture of now is like this vast ocean that decontextualizes everything. Yeah. But your characters are online. They talk about um, you know starting uh, X Files chat rooms. Oh yeah, 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 no, for sure. yeah, yeah, for sure. Begin cusp of the internet, and yeah. um, you know, it's just another pastime like MTV or going to the mall for that. Yeah, yeah. But you can see that like oh later this is going to be all encompassing. But yeah, yeah, you know, like they go on like gore websites and things like that. Yeah, Is that like what you're trying to say, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, like uh, rotten.com mm-hmm. and these things. All yeah, the yeah. seeds of yeah. our yeah, sort of yeah. current culture are there, yeah, along with the apogee of like mall culture, and yeah, yeah, culture. So it's yeah. Just, yeah, it's this transitional moment where you can see the culture of the 80s and 90s sort of in its apogee, but at the same time, uh-huh. uh, current internet culture starting, yeah, and in that way, I think. It's an important. Uh, let me know if this mm-hmm. vibes. If, if okay. you agree with this, looking back, you know the the social imports that we say uh, of looking back on that era, yeah. and, and these different forces coming together, is yeah. that we can have a greater understanding of the way that the internet culture has evolved. And yeah. as you sort of alluded it's to, like especially, it's like a seed of what yeah, it ended up seeds, developing. The seeds are like there. right now is like the hyper real accelerated hyper-real. version of what already existed in that era like like you know message boards things like that there were trolls online Courtney Love always talks about that there's trolls online there's always trolls online yeah yeah yeah. Um, and there's a certain what's interesting to me is there's a certain you know one of the reasons that this book is a little bit controversial is that there's all this darkness kind of surrounding the characters you know Y2K 1999 as you are very aware of and as you write about you know is the era of Columbine Woodstock uh, you know Columbine's the worst thing but also yeah Woodstock 99 and then um, even you know just culturally Marilyn Manson's at yeah. his zenith um, Eminem of course yeah, yeah. The characters basically worship these yeah. things um, there's both like this sort of corporatized teen brainwash teen brainwash yeah, culture that's being sold beautifully to them. portrayed in Josie and the Pussycats 2001's yeah. Josie and the Pussycats correct yeah huge influence there's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Like, this was the height of teen brainwash because corporations had the arena of like MTV culture and magazines. Like, it was a smaller way of how to like than today than to, to like you know infiltrate the culture. And then obviously there were the anti cultures like Tool and Manson and things like that. But as I've done my research, that was also in a way boomer corporations monetizing off of teenagers self-hate. Did you say boomer corporations? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, no, you, what's, what's like interesting, like, yeah. and I really only thought about this through your book, what's interesting is um, nowadays there's not that level of, of that kind of like dark masculine figure being sold to you. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Because um, say what you want so about Andrew Tate, like, I don't think he's sold by yeah, uh, no. Viacom. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but it was there was kind of like this market like we we're going to you know mm-hmm. get you know the teenager allowance money White by boys. Yeah. by you know yeah. trying them to this edginess. But what's interesting about um, ninety nine into two thousand is that there's kept on being these moments where the matrix was kind of broken, like Columbine broke. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I know what you mean. Not, yeah. What's our ninety nine? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like 
Woodstock 99 is the best example because it's like we're going to sell you Limp Bizkit, um, but then we're going to be surprised when you, you guys were, light yeah, it yeah. up, you know? Yeah. Um, well, what would you think of, like, do you feel like concert, more conservatives, conservatives say that media does influence teenage behavior? And, like, as, have you, as you've been a teenager, would you say that your decisions were influenced by pop culture? Definitely. I mean, I was, like, a hot topic yeah, in my day, you were also. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it continues, it definitely continued through the 2010s, uh, and I think it probably continues into now. Yeah. Uh, but I think the marketing is a little bit. Because I think the boys yeah. in my book are vulnerable to this type of, you know. Definitely. Um, and there's, you know, one of the really notable parts of the book for me is when Brad laments. He kind of realizes this that you're talking about. He has oh, yeah. this soliloquy yeah, in yeah. you know the third act, so to speak. This is the only chapter in my book my editor likes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is that? Do you think? Just because he just feels like it's the most focused and like uh, I mean, authorial I'm, voice vibes. Yeah. It's definitely not the only part that I like, but it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's thanks, probably thanks. my favorite part. I hate yeah. MTV rant. You're, no, yeah, I hate yeah, MTV yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's this sense that your characters, especially Brad, but really all of them, yeah. are sort of constantly being. They're so great. cynical of everything. They're, they become cynical of everything, but yeah. after initially being, you know, led down these paths mm-hmm. by consumerism. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's really notable in what Brad says and reflecting over there all through the book. Yeah. You know, that every moment they're being drained. Yeah. Know, sort of yeah. Like, there's a sexual element to it. Yeah. Um, you know, where the, I think Brad specifically laments that he's, you know, made to feel constantly horny by all these yeah yeah like carmen electra grinding on lit and stuff like that you know yeah 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 for sure but then even it kind of extends even to the uh, the drugs in the book which yeah there is uh, like they're looking for like spiritual salvation through consumerism and they're not getting it and they're constantly climbing the escalation scale and and brad brad realizes this at a certain point yeah um and even the violence in the book and what uh lou later does uh, (laughs) presumably if you don't actually see yeah um even that sort of becomes part of that when violent when aggression itself becomes just another urge yeah in need of quick and dirty release lou was really inspired by like elliot rogers or the magnota you know those types yeah no definitely i guess um one thing i would ask to you is what what do you view as the and i I think i know you know the broad strokes of of what what you're going to say but what 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 is the solution to that state of constantly being drained by you know the media culture of the 90s which has now become the even more all-encompassing culture of the internet yeah you you know like sort of will suck every bit of you away if it can yeah how do we defend ourselves spirituality yeah. You can't you can't get a god high from buying things from attention from exhibiting yourself any of these type things you have to find your version of spirituality to survive the west Camille Pauli always says the west is in spiritual poverty and that's why we've replaced an idea of god or or a create a creative you know spiritual force with consumerism and obsession with fame and validation and power and all of these things yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk just a little bit? I, you know, I alluded to in my intro, Pop Magic, A Simple Guide to Bending Your Reality, yeah. your, your first book. Yeah. Do you want to talk? You're, you're, you're grimacing a little bit. You don't want to talk about it? Well, that era peaked when Madonna posted about it. That was the end. That's true. Yeah, so we don't talk so much about call. the book. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. But if it helps people, that's great. No, I, it's helped me. I, I, you know, I, that's, oh, that's how beautiful. I... that's yeah, beautiful. I'm first, so grateful about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, discovered your work was more, more so through, through that book. Um, but if you just want, what was your takeaway from Pop Magic? Yeah. Well, for me, uh, it sort of reinstilled a latent interest in 
the occult. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That I'd had when I was younger and then yeah, got yeah. kind of scared away from. Yeah, and yeah. then reading your book, it's like, no, these are actually really practical tools yeah. for, as you say, yeah. bending your reality. Um, well, I will make you that's actually That's actually a good segue about, yeah. you know, the Satanism and dark aesthetics of magic okay, in the yes. book. I want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd love for you to go well, on about that. Okay, I will go on about it because you say, in pop magic, you say there's no dark magic, there's no white magic, there's mm-hmm. just magic. There's just, you know, sort of tried and true yeah. means of bending your reality. Yeah. But um, in New Millennium Boys, it would seem yeah. that Lou either does or really wants to do black evil magic, you know? Yeah. He, when he's planning out his school shooting. Oh. Oh. Sorry, yeah, yeah, that's why uh, you know, I mean, I people don't, don't even know if it happened. You we know? don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he talks about doing a ritual on every full moon to yeah, yeah. perfect his aesthetic, so yeah. it would seem that yeah. he's doing some form of dark magic. Yeah, so, yeah, you yeah. want to talk about, you know, the difference between occultism as you understand it versus this again sort of corporatized well, version? Yeah, you know, I feel um, like Lou was. Well, there's someone in the audience here who doesn't really understand what I'm talking about. I'm not going to call it names, but um. Uh, Lou was very inspired by this, like, sort of, like, innocent feeling of certain friends of mine, including myself, of, like, getting into, like, maybe darker magic when younger and not knowing it, mm-hmm. and then seeing really scary byproducts of working with, like, lower vibrational entities mm-hmm. or paranormal things that really fucked up people's lives and the directions of them, but were a part of the path as well to alchemize. Yeah, I mean, I think... I've heard you talk about this, and even um, stepping away from the explicitly occult stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, just going through. You've said this book is not autobiographical. That you don't. No. You don't. Well, no, no, it's not. Not autobiographical. No, no, no. Like, oh. like New Money Boys is autobiographical. Yeah, you've said you know you're not Brad. Well, no, case. of course not. No, I but, mean he's like more of a metaphor for a certain type of boy in the collective yeah. consciousness. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but you related to him at times. At times, certainly. That's alarming. The teenage me related to yeah yeah I get yeah, it yeah. yeah but what I was gonna say was um the darkness that he goes through mm-hmm. um, and that presumably you've gone gone through some kind of analogous form of darkness whether it's not yeah whether yeah. or not you know you talk about yeah you know, in, in the book ends tragically unfortunately of course yes but uh, in real life there is life this, is tragic right there's no Hollywood ending you know what I mean but in your life. Have you been able to alchemize that dark energy into something positive? Yeah, I have. Yeah, but it takes constant work and constant, you know, microscopes on myself and having to Kabbalah, things like that. Kabbalah. Yeah, yeah. What, um... I took you to the Kabbalah Center. Yeah, Alex took me to the Kabbalah Center last Tuesday. (laughs) He was pretty freaked out. very much on the way of life. You were freaked out? No, you were... Were you freaked out? No, I wasn't. Okay, okay. So you're going to join. Perhaps. Perhaps. But, um... You know what? Uh, why, why couldn't Brad walk a lighter path? Was it with opportunities just not there for him? What no. Would you, or well, would you, I mean, yeah. I was really inspired by the film Thirteen. It left a huge impact on me as a child and as a teenager, and I constantly went back to it. And I think the heightened emotional states that that book, ca- I mean, that movie captures, um, sort of like was something I wanted to speak towards with the boys. You know, like we're always talking about like Patrick Collins, Teen Girls, Gauzy Teen Girls. It's all about teen girl culture. But I wanted to show like a more dirty, kind of like Nine Inch Nails, the downward spiral sounding version of male adolescence, Mm -hmm. hopefully with the reader leaving with empathy and a critique of that time and also what it's like to be a teenage boy. Because you've been one, it's fucked. Yeah. 
What um? So you're obviously you're not an alt right guy. You're not even no. a Jordan Peterson. I'm not political. Type guy. You're not political. No. You am I allowed to say that? Of oh, course. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. You don't like Andrew Tate. Mm. But what, what, what is the solution today? For, I mean, you said spirituality, which Someone is a good start. Someone asked start. me this on the radio this morning. On the radio? <laughs> yeah, on the radio I, this morning. Yeah, and I got <laughs> and I got really like the solution. I mean, it's tricky. That's what I yeah. answered. It's tricky. What is the solution? Maybe art is supposed to make us figure out or question or interrogate ourselves to figure out what a solution could be for the culture, you know? You don't think it's clear yet? I don't don't think so, because I also empathize with these young men who are watching Jordan Peterson videos and agitate and all this stuff, because they're trying to navigate this idea of masculinity that they're trying to figure out. Uh, One really key... (laughs) One really key... Charlie Free in the house? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. One really, one, another one of my favorite parts of the book is when Brad is lamenting with Lou mm-hmm. how you know they're go, they're doing all these horrible things. They torture a rat. I won't spoil everything. They do all these horrible satanic things. <laughs> my family's in the audience. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. For real? I got this. They um, they're essentially, and Brad understands that that they're self initiating. Oh yeah, yeah, like into, they're hazing. They're yeah, hazing yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Brad says at one point. <laughs> Like, isn't it fucked that there's no older, there's no cares, older guys that, that even yeah. care about us enough yeah. to haze us? Yeah. And I'm not pro-hazing, but that struck me as, like, really doubly sad. Yeah. Like, it's like... It is sad. It's one, supposed to be a hazing's kind of sad, emotional but two, moment. Yeah. Yeah, there's no... There's no... There's nothing for them to be initiated into. There's no one who seems yeah, to yeah. care. Yeah, um, And not just to... I, Are I, you asking, I, like, what inspired that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What okay. did inspire that? Yeah. Well, I was just studying a lot of fraternity culture, and I just wanted to sort of understand why these like eighteen-year-old boys like want to be chained up and eat dog food by like twenty-one-year-olds, yeah. and you know need male approval so badly. And I, I, I mean, everyone who's a teenage boy, you know, like when you're in like high school, and the older guys have like girlfriends, and they're in college, and they're they're just they're like ethereal, you know. And yeah. I was trying to kind of capture and speak to that. No, absolutely. Uh, again, not pro hazing. Yeah, no. But is there? You know, you talk about spirituality as a solution, as a you know, a, yeah, a, w- a way of walking a better path. Yeah. Um, you know, is there also? Do you think an absence of not hazing, but generally initiatory? Oh, like are you saying like boys who are like social fabric? Like what, there, there's nothing. There's nothing for young boys. Well, doesn't Camille Pai always talk about this? Like this idea that men need to be initiated they, and these things we do, like that. Right? Well, it's also and a right histrionic theory is, as well. It's like a histrionic theory as well. We can't take it. Histrionic. Like, it's like a theory. Like, she's speaking in theory. It's not like a fact, you know? Uh, I tend to agree with her, though. I No, I do too, <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah. like, it's just a theory, yeah. No. Um, my suggestion would be that in the absence of anything resembling that in a positive sense. Like, you're saying, like, men need to be in, like, groups and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not surprising that people... Well, I I kind of... Yeah, I kind of get it. Like, the incels, like, they finally have found... Like, they found a community amongst their isolation. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, their, like, self-initiation, in a way. Yeah, no, it's... So are you saying, like, Brad, like, initiates himself with women shame? I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Because he's bored. Because he's bored. I mean, again, I'm not always trying to put you in the mode of, like, giving solutions here. We'll move on from that in a moment. But I am curious, like... I'm not David Miscavige. What's that? I'm not David Miscavige. Who is David Miscavige? Scientology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're not not that, but, like, (laughs) is there... Couldn't there be something more positive, even if it's just online? Like, for... Like, can the internet ever be a positive place? Yeah. uh, Yeah. 
Maybe that's that, no, because human beings are fucked, and their subconscious minds are just throwing up all the time over social media. Jealousy, fear, lack, hate. That's what social media is driven by. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Am I, I too much I of an optimist for no, know, no, I mean, no, 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 I, no, I, I think you can create your own optimistic internet. Just watch like high vibrational YouTube videos, compilations, or something. Right. I don't know. You know, but I get, what you, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. 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 Um, but I don't think the internet could ever like turn into an optimistic right. And you are, arena. as we talked about, you are you abstain from social media. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're very much a web pessimist. Yeah. But you know, you know, yeah. maybe maybe there's spaces offline people can connect. Maybe I won't keep. Maybe uh, you'll manifest I won't, it. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll manifest, manifest a perfect world with people being nice on the internet. I don't see it happening. You don't see it happening. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, that that took the wind out of my sails. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. But another another. Yeah. Another another strong theme in the book is, you know, the fear of missing out. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah. Brad has this strong fear of missing out, sort of throughout, especially in the beginning, there's that scene where he's absolutely devastated when Lou and Shane don't invite him to the rave. And I feel like because they don't invite him to that <laughs> yeah. it sounds silly, but like these things Oh, I did crazy shit like that. Like yeah. I, I like I, I like called the cops on a house party I never got invited to. There you go. So <laughs> yeah. again, not reaching too far here, but yeah. I, I don't think I don't think you're Brad, but I could yeah. I could tell but, the moments yeah. where it's like Alex has felt this. Oh yeah, of course I felt I've felt that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Kelby Losak said that to me that like his favorite Kelby, part yeah. of the book is when Shane is like freaking out about Brad not inviting him over. To hang out. Yeah, no, it's it's highly, highly relatable. Yeah, and then that was such a painful teenage feeling, not getting invited yeah, to things. Oh I, my god! I mean, that was I was on a warpath. Not to turn yeah. this into a therapy session, yeah, but yeah. you know, that's that's pretty much like the central trauma for me of like yeah. my high school experience was was that like I didn't have bad stuff happen to me. It's more. Well, like you know who wrote about you know who wrote about that feeling a lot in his journal, Eric Harris, the Columbine killer. Really? Yeah, I've never read the journal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, uh, I've, it was really fun, you know, having to work on a very depressing book for this long. So, you know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, there's also a certain FOMO with celebrity culture which i also think is something oh, that yeah. seems very personal to you yeah, fuck one yeah. thing um again uh we can just, my biggest just wounding tell, tell me to shut up if you don't want to be in this mode of <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, go off magic you and yeah 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 just, boys, you're doing your thing go go I, off. I really couldn't help but notice you know you talk about in pop magic how when you were younger you were jealous of harmony korean because marilyn manson had said something positive about him yeah I was. and then it reminded me of the part where lou talks about how he hates seeing Twiggy Ramirez, Manson's bassist, um, with other fans because like it's not him. Yeah, yeah. You know, connecting with his. Well, eyes. yeah, because remember, yeah. like celebrities at the time were so like ephemeral and like deities or gods. That's what media brainwashed people people into thinking, mm-hmm. right? So that they're really isolated in that way. They're not getting like thousands of selfies of Paris Hilton a day. You know, like if they see a glimpse of Twiggy on MTV, that's it for the day. Yeah, you know. So that makes people more obsessive and crazy and, and like, the, the mystery and the enigma of fame back no, then. No, absolutely. Um, but you, Alex, you kind of walk this path where, you know, you talk about having those experiences, like, being jealous of Harmony Korean. Yeah, yeah. But now you, you seem to know everyone. Yeah. So, um, but for yeah. me, it's not, I don't know if it's that you... Are you saying, like, what has changed? Yeah, what has changed? Because it doesn't, for me not to... Like, well, what did it feel like to get validation? Is that what you're asking? How did you... Because I also don't think it's like, oh, I had fear of missing out, and then I got what I wanted, and now I'm happy. I think it's more no. like you figured out a different mindset. Yeah. You, you it's defeated your fear of missing out. Yeah, yeah, I did. You're uh, right. And maybe I, you still have fun. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, 
the things I talk about in pop magic, I'm not that person anymore, so I've accomplished what I was you know, afraid I wouldn't at that point. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, you're also, you abstain from social media, yeah. you live in Canada, you know, uh, yeah, I love Canada, I'm not knocking Canada. Yeah. But, I'm you know, you're not, in Vancouver. you're yeah. not in the thick of it. You don't live in, like, New York or LA, where, as Yeah, no, but that say, was a very calculated decision very calculated that I made decision. in my to life. Step, yeah. To step back, you don't have this obsessive need to always be there. It's, you are, are you sure about that? I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> you see that you kind of I think, through, I, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the obsessive need to be seen, my work to be seen is definitely inside of me. It's inside sure. of you, but it's I do it in you, a different way, yeah. In a way that, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's less, because to back up a step, the fear of missing out that your characters experience yeah. um, seems to drive their absolute worst behaviors. That yeah, insecurity yeah. Um, again, I think. Are you trying to say have I done like fucked up shit? No, no, I'm sure you have. I have no doubt that you have, and that you've corrected. I've been really annoying and relentless for sure. But I think in the book, what we see is the degree to which insecurity uh, can be destructive. You know, um, Brad is insecure, so then the second he gets the chance to do bad things. This is a bit of a mind. This is a bit of a mind fuck for me, but yeah, really? okay. yeah just no, keep going on it. Yeah, keep going uh, on it. the second he um, gets the chance to to engage in you know drugs, sex, whatever, he he goes as far as he can. It's almost like because he was starved of it for so long, he didn't know how to modulate it. Are you saying am I like that? No, I'm I'm asking more because um, I, I I think that you, I'm <laughs> I assume that you know you have that within you, but that, that it doesn't. Yeah, but that now I do. you've come to a greater understanding of it. You, yeah, you no, like, as I've, I've like, obviously... How did, more, how did you turn... It's with the whole, um, you know, the Kabbalah alchemizing dark okay, light okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, how did you take your fear of missing out, your insecurity, and turn it into the career that you now have? That's a very from, fascinating You know, because it starts question. negative, and maybe... I'm not saying you don't have anxiety or anything. I'm not saying you're living yeah, a better life, yeah. but it's... You're in your array of light area. <laughs> yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, I mean, I, I try every day. Everyone should be trying yeah. every day to be in their array of light area. But, um, yeah, I think um, I would agree with you that I've been ruled by insecurity and fear and lack, and that really created, like, a, a huge relentless kind of behavior towards, like, wanting to achieve the things that I've wanted. But I was in a place of pain in that time, you know, and because that wound can never be satiated. Anyone can be climbing that feeling and living off of that feeling of never being enough and you'll just always feel that way no matter what you achieve and accomplish so yes of course a level of maturity that should come in your late 20s um sort of you know loomed over me and i i try to work on silencing that part of myself every day because i make really bad decisions when i'm insecure yeah Yeah. and i mean it seems in many ways that like you know the story of brad is the story of someone making bad decisions off of his insecurities it's kind of interesting i never Um, ever thought about that ever yeah no, definitely that. Um, and related to that, another sort of compliment for the book. Uh, I think you capture really well with Brad. You know, very much related to this. You know, peer pressure, insecurity, mm-hmm. um, being guided in a million different directions, not knowing yeah. what you want, like not knowing what your will is, and being yeah, yeah. tugged around by the mm-hmm. for- and willingly letting yourself be tugged around by the forces. You know, we talked about being sort of drained by media culture, but then it's also the influence of Lou and Shane. Like, on yeah, that. yeah. Um, so, so he's, he's just like on a path of like nihilism is he's what on you're a saying. Path of yeah, nihilism, yeah. But yeah. you capture really well. I wasn't on quite as nihilistic a path as a teenager, but one thing I really think you captured well is that feeling of being a teenager where you you feel like you're a different person in front of your friends, uh, a different person in front of the girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, a yeah. different 
person from oh, your yeah. family, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a different person, well, yeah, that yeah, family yeah. member, this other. Um, I remember being really freaked out by that as a teenager. Like it felt like Patrick Bateman or something. Okay. Where it's like there's no real me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brad never quite reflects in that way, but um, I think he does in one scene. In yeah, one, yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. You know, it's less of a question, more of a compliment, or maybe something you can speak. Like to. the loss of self. That the comes loss of when self and that, that scary feeling. Well, of, like, because you never have a chance to uh, like really develop your sense of self. You know, because yeah. you're you're always in these different roles and performing, and you're trying out different things. And I think that you know that identity loss was something that I tried to capture about being a teenage boy, but particularly with Brad, you, I'm, I'm sort of just pointing out how ridiculous it is, the things he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally later in life, one is able to synthesize those different... I elements. love your optimism. Yeah, yeah, I guess this is a very Sagittarian... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a Sag. Optimistic track. Yeah, yeah. You did want to drop that I was a Sag. Yeah, I did. I want everyone to know. <laughs> yeah. But, um, what was I saying? Uh, just that, ideally later you can synthesize all that and, and kind of have that sense of self, but yeah. what Brad is is someone who has all those fragments and they're not synthesized yet, and it's it's well, a lonely place, well, and I hadn't been brought back there by a book, you know. Oh, but, no, I so, know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, like how the whole book is about, like, the juxtaposition of the good boy and the bad boy, and like the managing how people perceive you. Is that what yeah. you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, managing yeah. that. And just, I mean, I think some of it is like there's so many teenage issues that you can even see with someone like Brad who gets into some legitimately dark stuff. But nevertheless, it's very much like if only this kid knew, like, yeah, yeah, that's a, I've heard if that. only he knew that some of this stuff wasn't that serious. I've heard people say yeah, that, like that they want to, they want to try to shake yeah. him or stalk him as they're watching yeah, him so much, engage yeah. in the fucked up shit. Yeah. Cause so much of being a teenager is taking things way too seriously and not realizing like things will change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. think euphoria, um, portrays that well? Uh, I've never, no, I've I never watched I, it in its entirety. I really like Euphoria for a, for a lot of reasons. I think it's just sort of um, a decadent and fun TV show. But what I did don't you think, think of The Idol? Oh, I love The Idol. Oh, you uh, did? For similar reasons, yeah. Oh. I think that these... Uh, <laughs> what, did you see The Idol? Yeah. You did not like The Idol. Um, I have a lot of strong opinions about The Idol. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I just don't feel like it could fulfill its promise. Uh, like uh, that's I, undoubtedly true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's far from that last episode. Yeah. You really think that her character would have done all of that for album inspo? Fuck no. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> no one would fuck Tedros for album inspo. <laughs> I will not defend every plot point. Yeah. Um, but I I enjoyed watching it. I, the same with Euphoria. You know, yeah. it's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it t- it take kind of like your book. It takes risks. It does things that yeah. you know you're not supposed to do anymore yeah. in terms of portraying. Realities, well, if he uh, wants to, if Mr. Sam life. wants to buy the film rights, he can go for it. He should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't, but I don't necessarily think the well, the idol's not even about teenagers, but I don't think Euphoria. I think your book's a much closer approximation to Thank what it's you. like. To, Thank you. To be That's a what I was waiting for. Yeah. You. No. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I you. used to, I used to really um, shit on Euphoria. I would say like this is so not realistic to the way Gen Z is. Like they're all inside doing everything online and this show is about people who are doing crazy things in the real world I don't see it and then I realize like I don't care if it's realistic it's just kind of entertaining yeah. um, so that's the only storyline that I would be interested in that show is Maze because it's around the which, young is that Jacob Elordi? yeah, 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 yeah. Man. no I mean I'm more interested in some storylines than others oh, okay but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, to, yeah. to bring it back I mean I think I don't view that even though I like the show I don't view it as like have you listened to the Rodrigo album yet? I have not what's it called again? Guts 
No, do you want to talk about guts? No, it's just exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these aspects of modern yeah. teen culture, you yeah, know, yeah. could be um, yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Let me see what else I have here. Have you gone to the Eras tour? I have not. <laughs> Were you, have you? No. But you have met Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> Throw that in there. In a very charmed time in life. Yeah. <laughs> She's like completely inaccessible now, forever. Well, <laughs> what do you think about that? This is off topic, but um, well, I'm kind of coming through my outline here. Speak to that. Like, why is Taylor Swift like the only celebrity standing? Like, what happened to celebrity culture that like she's the, there's like one like God? I don't know. Apparently, the theory is is that like Gen Z discovered her discography in the pandemic and then she blew well, that, up again. You know, I, I kind of asked. I threw that out as like a one-off question. But yeah, that's probably yeah, on okay, a very okay. technical level yeah. what happened. Because that's what it feels like, you know. Because they all came of age in the pandemic. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, to get a little meta, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your promotion strategy for New Millennium? Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Uh, Let's go for it. Yeah, like, in theory, some people have criticized you for taking a more pop rather than indie approach to that yeah. you you know that's you well know, because i want to i've always wanted to infiltrate the mainstream i don't want to stay indie. you don't want to say some people rich. really yeah. want that some people want to stay indie and have indie cred and all that type of stuff i would like my book to be huge if it could be if i could infiltrate the culture what's left of it with like a book like this i would absolutely do it yeah you said yeah. You, you would even hope to get in like costco like you want yeah you want let's get in costco <laughs> yeah. fuck yeah but um you know, have, have you pay, faced pushback sort of directly for, you know, you had a piece in Vanity Fair. Yeah, I did. Um, you had an intern, you know, yeah, yeah. this thing on yeah. Twitter. Some people yeah. were like, this yeah. is over the top. Yeah. Um, that was a part of the marketing strategy. Part of the marketing yeah. strategy. You for know, sure. It's almost an artistic pa- campaign in its own right, you know, because you are like a pop. Well, I think it's kind of weird yeah. how the indie world is so upset about it. It's like, why, you want five people to read your book? Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't <laughs> want that. I want a lot of people to. Or at least try at least have the opportunity to try i don't want to ever not try you know what i mean absolutely so from the thousand foot view you know what is this what because it was i mean you work with permuted press who's like a good publisher yeah yeah yeah. they know what they're doing they have a publicist yeah yeah okay but i assume a lot of this i have to do a lot of things myself as well right well that's what i was gonna say i mean like publishers don't do anything really yeah yeah. I assume a lot of the marketing strategy was from you. So yes, you of wanna, course. What, what, if you could sum that up, like of what is your philosophy towards marketing? Um, like what is my method or yeah. how people should be? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a level. I'm interested in controversy or things upsetting people mm-hmm. and eliciting reactions from people, strong reactions that sort of reveal the dark side of human nature. I think like a lot of the weird fucking indie writers or authors who I don't even know who, who they are who hate me like it's really about the fact that they've never really gone for it in their lives mm-hmm. you know so yeah and you, know, you mentioned controversy there was a the trigger article. warning well there's a trigger warning at the front of the book that was Permuted's decision to put that in yeah it yeah. was and I got the call yeah and I got was, the call and um, yeah. they were like look you know content warning or we're not going to stock in stores I was like wow, fuck really? yeah do the content warning like of course and also, it keeps people interested because the whole beginning of the book is like a red herring, like setting people up for to this like saccharine idea of Y2K. Oh, summer like camp. Summer yeah. camp. Oh my God, we're watching a '90s movie, and then it all flips on its head, right? So, yes. so I, if it keeps people interested, I think it's great. 
Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit? I know you've talked about it elsewhere, but do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, there's this, this article about a walk, not only the trigger warning, but that there was a walkout. Yeah, there were that young girls. There or? were young Gen yeah. Z girls who read the book and they were pissed about it. And they were upset about the fact that I named a Columbine victim, which is just historical fucking facts. Like, you can't edit that. Yeah. And they were just like, you know, this is going to really hurt people. And I'm, I'm really scared. And they made me, like, put, like, it was Rachel Scott and I put R.A. So... Yeah. And then uh, I have a theory that they like fucked with the copy edits as well. Like, oh, was, really? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, but that's but my you, Latin paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> Your what paranoia? Paranoia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you did get the blessing from Brooks Brown, though. Yeah. As you mentioned, so I guess that didn't really. They probably didn't even know who that was, most likely. Yeah. And you know, Laura Albert worked on Elephant, the Goose on Song movie. You don't know that movie? I don't know that movie. Oh wow, Is that's that sad Columbine? that you don't know that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a it's a Columbine inspired movie. I mean, like a lot of the Columbine inspired movies really miss out on the fact that the killers were obsessed with fame. That's why there's all these histrionic, dramatic stuff about fame because it, Lou became the perfect metaphor to describe like influencer culture. Yeah. So how much of that? Uh, not to to veer off on totally into your research for the book, but that notion, you know, Marilyn Manson, Hollywood, and in the Valley of the Oh, like, death, you know, that album is all about this idea that the Columbine killers wanted fame. Um, I didn't even I know have, that. Damn. Yeah, well, yeah. This album is. Oh, I didn't but know I, that. I've, is that what Fight Song's about? Partially, I think. Okay, okay. But anyway, I've, I admit I've read My Twisted World by Elliot Roger, but I have not read. Um, I've read snippets. Yeah. yeah, I've not read. You've read some of the Columbine. Oh, yeah, films. I had to. Yeah. yeah. So, how. I always. You know, there's so much about, the, about Columbine that we're kind of told is like pop history like they weren't really bullied and this kind of thing yeah they, uh, were. They, they were they were okay yeah um i'm interested in that but more specific but i didn't know to what extent that the idea that they did it to be famous well do you know about like the, do you know about like the colin biner tumblr community that was like oh, really course. big yeah i mean they, so that like i was 17 and 18 when that was like a thing so right. like people yeah. were like glamorizing like eric and dylan and like yeah making gifts out of them and hearts and sparkles and like all these things so i was really disturbed by that so right. that became i had to include that in no the, no in the no, book. definitely yeah. yeah you see that and they call them reb and vodka which yeah is yeah kind of yeah, like yeah. A, yeah because they all know that yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was the yeah, yeah. and presumably that started on the early web yeah news groups and message yeah, boards no, both crazy. yeah bbs course, yeah i mean a lot of people don't even realize this but now there's adam lanza fan pages and yeah it's fucked. obviously LA it's fucked. Here, yeah it's pretty fucked yeah um, i actually um I called Brett out on that on the podcast because he called the Boston killer or whatever so beautiful or something when he was on the oh, cover. Oh, the Rolling Stone cover? Yeah, the Rolling Stone yeah, cover, well, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, that's the most... Uh, yeah. They put the Columbine killers on the front cover of Rolling Stone, but it's not... No, Time Magazine. On Time. Yeah. It's not as bad but, as the Rolling Stone cover. I mean, that was a uh, yeah, cause, wild... Cause, yeah, because yeah. he was like, it was like 18 heartthrobs or something. <laughs> that's horrifying. That's scary. <laughs> Magic? Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you already have spoken to a little bit, but... Let's change the topic, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> should we change the topic? I was just yeah, I think we should. Okay. It's kind of eerie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Um, uh, you know, you mentioned Brett. Um, oh, God, yeah. You know. And of course. Obviously, this book is going to draw... Compa- it already has sort of drawn comparisons to, you know, Brett Ellis, Chuck Palahniuk. Um, mm-hmm. You have a nice... Um, Who doesn't like me? Sorry, what's the name of the guy who coined the term Gen X? Douglas Copeland. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I just, yeah. it's slipped my mind. Yeah. Douglas Copeland also gives you a blurb. Obviously, you're very well, like, um, yeah, inspired yeah. by these Gen X writers. Well, yeah. I feel like 
there's like this like millennial male trope of like you turn like 18 and 19 you read lessons you read fight club you read dennis cooper and then you're like i'm gonna write some some fucked up shit and i'm gonna be the next version of that right you know what i mean so like i, I was like that, i was yeah. like i was like i was like <laughs> mocking that feeling like through the aspect of the marketing campaign you know like i know that people are going to perceive it like that but it's kind of stupid because we live in like a post everything era like that's right. all done you know but the book does also sort of manifest that in some ways like, I, I agree think it is, it yeah is yeah i know for sure for sure it it's it kind is, of this yeah. interesting thing where but, but like our dialogue's very different yeah like, oh yeah, yeah you know like, you have your own style histrionic uh, emotions yeah yeah, yeah. But, He's like um, baby, baby, baby. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Your, like that. your dialogue's a yeah. lot more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of goes much more. Mm-hmm. You're not a minimalist by any means. So I guess okay, cool. I wouldn't say you're a minimalist. Yeah. I mean that that differentiates you a bit from those yeah. next yeah, yeah. Um It's just this kind of interesting double thing where it's like those. Gen X authors were kind of at the zenith of their influence in 2000 around these ta- around the time your characters. Oh yeah, like when they're, they're, like I'm referencing Glamorama. Yeah, and you reference. Yeah, because in my research, whenever I would ask people about Glamorama, they're like, "I never fucking finished it. It was so confusing. I hated it. I, I didn't like it. It was so weird." That's what. So I kind so I wanted to like show that through the book. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess. Do you think it functions as like another level of nostalgia or anti-nostalgia that? You are also oh, hearkening back, yeah, yeah, like the literary star of that era. Yeah, yeah like you're, yeah, you're yeah. kind of citing that as a source almost. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm showing that. them that, yeah. you know. And then also, like, I read in a review that someone said that like no teenage boy would read like Prozac Nation by Elizabeth Wurzel, but that's not true. I heard a lot of people who did as well. Yeah. So that's just my yeah. annoying feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll ask a sort of. Uh, we'll open up for Q and A pretty soon. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But um. I'll ask a sort of uh, question. That I'll give you the chance to self-aggrandize yourself if you want. Um, you know, Brent on his podcast talks a lot about, like, the great millennial novel. Does it exist? Um, do you think New Millennium Boys has that potential? Were you trying Did to... Did you listen the- to the intro? What intro? Of the pod. Of the Brent pod? Yeah, he I talks about yet. this. I have not. Oh, I, I, okay, I'm, not, okay, I'm yeah. only a gold subscriber. Yeah, oh, here are gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, I, t- I just took the WeTransfer. I'm not subscribed. I but I, 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 so yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that directly, but yeah. I'm not surprised he okay. brought it up because he talks about this all the time. Yeah. Um, you don't have to say whether or not you think New Millennium Boys is the I mean, ideally, level. that would be cool, but right. I don't think anyone is going to... Yeah. I mean, like... A lot of people, like I've read, like have said, like I'm like a hack, or like you know all these type of things. all these all the things that the people I love are like perceived as like in the beginning. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I yeah, always people think thought Brett was a hack. People thought, yeah, I don't know that much about Trump Courtney Ballard, Love. Was a hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's an accusation that gets a little wrong. It's been interesting over the past couple of weeks on Twitter seeing people say like, oh, this guy's kind of a hack. This marketing is a gimmick. And then, yeah, because I'm doing what an author isn't supposed to do. You which know? is promote yourself in that and way. Be right? and, and be relentless. And be relentless. And also use, in your face. Use and use pop culture as a way to exactly. get, yeah. Um, but, but also, like, it's like, it's also, I hope people are in on the joke. Like, Vanity Fair, I mean, fe- I think I'm the, vanity yeah. Fair features don't move units. You know no, what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just it's just narcissism. It's just vanity. Absolutely. Like, purely. Yeah. But, um, what was I going to say? You, um... <laughs> I had a point I was going to make and it slipped my mind. You, uh... With, it's fine. Mercury's in retrograde. Mercury is in retrograde. It's been satisfying. What I was going to say is this: it's been satisfying uh, over the past couple weeks to see some people criticizing you, but then you again as like they go back and forth. Is that what you're saying? No, I think some people just don't like the book for some reason. Yeah, don't like which is fine. 
But yeah. but then like in, I'm in not specifically in the indie community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically in the indie community, go out there. But then you get a, yeah. a write up on Dennis Cooper's blog. You know, like there's all these. There's contradictions. Every moment, it's mm-hmm. like oh, like uh, this is like a JT Leroy. Not that JT. I mean those. But I've been. I mean, I, I I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that that idea is cool. But then also it's like. Is given legitimacy by being on Brett's Oh podcast, yeah, being you know written up by Dennis. Cooper. Oh, I get what the you're saying. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And the people that have actually read the book. So it's not so much performance like art it. because reality is in the mix. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And you're, the people who are praising it are good, are, are worthwhile people. You know, this isn't just like some weird. Uh, I don't have to bring this up. It's not like some weird rich man north of Richmond thing where it's like overnight all of a sudden it's like this what's, is the thing you that? must uh, I, mean, I don't I'm, even want to get into I'm really it. stupid I don't, um, don't worry about it <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but it's you know it's it's one of these recent happenings culturally where it's like well where did this come from like it kind of seemed to have some like not totally organic oh yeah yeah no for sure it. I love that that's I, how that's how everyone should be you should right. just come out of nowhere nothing wrong with that yeah but, yeah you know, like uh, people said, I'm like an industry plant. Fuck yeah, let's go I for mean, it. I don't really yeah. even said that specifically, but yeah. all I'm really trying to say is for everyone who seems to be trying to make that point, that it's like, oh, that's Cooper's blog. You know, the, the legitimacy. Oh, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, like it always bounces. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. All right. Well, we've been going for close to an hour. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Do people have. We did want to open up for a QA. Does yeah, is there have... any QAs? If you don't hate me. <laughs> After that. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Joe. Hi. Hello. Hello, Joe. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um, thank you for sharing your work and your ideas. Um, thank you. I, <laughs> I was just curious about, you said, you know, you're leaving or being completely off social media and yeah, yeah. Living, not living in a major city outside of the country. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's the impetus for those things and, like, is it, is it kind of like a philosophical or like a moral decision or is it just like yeah. your own? For your own, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, are you saying like, why wouldn't someone like me live in LA or New York or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And be off social media. Like, what is it? Do you feel like it's something you like have to do to like keep yourself going? Or yeah. Like, it's a, a choice you're like. Well, I feel like it has a lot to do with like me staying congruent with my values, like yeah. you say. But um, definitely the reason I chose to not live in New York or LA was because I didn't want to be distracted. And I saw people who moved to those cities and just became really distracted by drugs and parties. Mm-hmm and chasing fame and things like that. And I, I just wanted to focus on my work ethic and living in Vancouver allows me to, I mean, I'm, I feel like I have more friends in this city than I, I have like no friends in Vancouver, it feels like, you know? So it's a balance of that. And like, I don't really like too much social stimulation as well. And it's very social out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Thanks. So. Yeah, I just sort of a comment that I question I sort of get what you're saying that like we talk about this idealized time people will talk about like the 50s and the 60s yeah yeah and now we talk about the the 90s and i sort of especially today sort of like that period between the berlin wall falling and 9-11 mm-hmm. it's like maybe just in my mind the last sort of innocent semi-innocent decade but like growing up i'm only maybe three or four you guys are i remember you know oklahoma city pwa flight 800 all the other like plane wrecks don't yeah as much anymore um the uh down in San Diego at Heaven's, uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. So you always had that sort of thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, like, looking back, I'm like, yeah, you know, today, in the last 20 years, we've had a lot of stuff that even people in the 90s would have been taken back by. So yeah. I sort of wonder, I guess my question is, do you think, like, 20, 30 years from now, 
Are you saying is this going to be an innocent period? Well, I, guess, uh, yeah, I, guess I mean, I think about it all the time. Can you fucking imagine? You know what I mean? This is like the worst time ever. And can you imagine if this is like, people are going to be like, oh, wow, I remember 2023, Olivia Rodrigo. It was so much easier. You know? Like, it's going to happen for sure. That's just the cycle. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, what's up? Yeah, yeah. 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 I feel like people, celebrities were just more famous back then because there was a smaller arena of, you know, there are some people who've never even heard a 1975 song, but they sell at Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? It's like a very weird, strange juxtaposition of juxtaposition about time. Whereas, you know, on MTV, you had like the real world, Britney Spears and then Manson. So like the, you know, kid who felt weird, felt like such a huge affinity to that because he wasn't getting all this information anywhere else. You know, that's why it was such an obsessive awakening for, like, goth kids back then. I see. So it was kind of, like, serving a function that, like... Yeah, like, order. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Who's, anyone else? Yeah. Julia. What's up, Julia? Yeah, thanks for coming out. Um, I have uh, two questions that I think are pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first is, like, do you genuinely think that this is the worst time in history? Right now? Or back yeah, then? right now. Um... I don't know because a lot of people are more socially conscious and smart about certain things and you know I always think about that like would we have been able to make as much progress you know with amongst like race politics and the queer community and things like that if social media didn't exist I don't know you know but I feel like the social media oversaturated climate and the normalization of it and the behavior of like being compulsive with your phone is something that like people can choose to opt out of, but because culture normalizes it, they just stay with it. But yeah, like those are my like bitter takes about this era. But I don't know, is it the worst? Maybe not. I mean, maybe the worst is only coming. Yeah, it's also been of us only been alive for like, yeah. I don't know, I, I don't know. 29 years I am. Yeah, I'm 21. Oh, cool. Oh, whoa, cool. You're Gen Z. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> A real one in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have that kind of Y2K nostalgia? Like, do you think about it? Like, Paris Hilton? Like, I just wasn't alive for Y2K. Yeah, right. yeah. No, but, like, the way that you see it on the internet. Like, when you like, do you think it seems like a better time to be alive? I don't know. Like, maybe parties have, like, more fun music or something. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. That's interesting. All right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It might not be true. Go off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, 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 right? To get their bag and make their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon? Can you say that again? I mean, there is more of a crisis of trying to manage or understand masculinity, as there always has been. But I don't know if there's a crisis of masculinity when, like, Dane Cook was doing HBO specials and things like that, and the whole culture was white dudes. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I don't know. I didn't really think of that. I mean, I obviously saw my friends struggle with certain things and trying to understand masculinity. But I feel like that is a common theme amongst all teenage boys forever. Yeah. Cool. What's up, Haley? <laughs> um, a little bit more of a uplift, not like more of a positive kind of question. Um, what kind of what artists and music did you listen to when you were writing this book? Because it's obviously in a very specific time. Where some, and also I'd like to know what you thought of guts. Also, yeah, what what artists, what songs, what um, playlist? Yes, I did. I had a playlist called Secret Project on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Is it a public no, it's not a public. Um, like all of the bangers, Saves Tonight, Eagle Eye, Cherry, Torn, Natalie and Bruglia. Um, I listened to like Coil. I listened to Nine Inch Nails. I listened to like a bunch of stuff. I listened to the Gregor Rocky Nowhere soundtrack. I listened to a lot of um, different things. But yeah, I also listened to a lot of modern music as well. Like when like adolescent themes would be captured in modern music, like a Conan Gray song or something. I would add that in to try to just like stay in the emotional heightened states of the characters. But um, yeah. Guts? I haven't listened to it in full. It's so good. I believe in Olivia. Go for it. Take everything. She deserves it. Yeah. (laughs) What's up? Hi. Um, What do you think of people that idolize school shooters, like people with Elliot Rogers? Yeah, it's so gross. People with like Elliot Rogers profile pictures that might not necessarily even want fame or to be exactly like them, but just um, admire their uh, manifestos and thoughts. Their aesthetics. And do you think that there is? Yeah, their aesthetics. That, yeah. Um, do you think that there is like a possibility for redemption for those people? And if so, like what? Is I that? think they're in pain and they're suffering and they're looking to be provocative. And I think that um, on Twitter, making your profile pic. An Elliot Rogers YouTube screenshot or something feels like a, a form of attack to the culture or something like that for a young boy who's upset about third wave feminism or something. You know what I mean? Like, people are just on the internet too fucking much. You know? It's just, that's like, it's, yeah. 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 Oh. What's up, Gio? Hi. Yeah, no, um, speaking of like social media, like, you, back, you, you did have like a moment where you were on Yeah, I did. Thank you, cousin. Yeah, yeah call me out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for a short while, we were on Instagram, but like back then, these platforms were like a lot darker. Like I remember, like I wasn't big either. But like, yeah, even you had like the short while you were on Instagram, you had like Roadkill. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 like, like, it's a different, like, it's like a different place. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. Yeah. 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 I like ChatGPT. We have great combos. Yeah. Um. I don't know, doesn't Trudeau not like, he's not letting us like look at the news or something on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, it, in it's, uh, it's like a deal, they want to get paid, they want these big news outlets to pay Canadian journalists. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they won't show us news on Canadian Instagram now, it's like, it's like a fucking disclaimer. Yeah, 
Um, I agree with you, Joe. Yeah, like I'm, I, in my unconscious, like teenage emotions, I directed a lot of pain or feeling to like maybe building an Instagram aesthetic when I was 18 or 19 that then became like a mood board for the work I was creating for sure. And um, yeah, you're right. Like I did grow up in the MySpace emo era, you know, Audrey, you know, all the scene queens and things like that. And of course, I was obsessed with Jeffree Star and all these things. And I wanted that, you know, as most millennials did. And as I grew older, I just kind of saw how fucking vapid and scary it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was unmonitored. As absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Musk wasn't on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Oh, what's up? Um, hi. I'm super curious uh, where you're thinking of taking your writing career next. Um, is there anything you can tell us about what you're working on now? I feel like I recognize you. Yeah. It's from Goodreads. I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for your beautiful review. It means so much to me that you did that. It was it made my life. It was so cool. Um, <laughs> uh, my my writing career. I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about. Like I I hope the next book doesn't take ten years, but I would like to focus on like living and being a person and a real human being and like integrating with society and things like that and seeing what comes up naturally. Hopefully, a natural process. I see that there's a lot of young writers or authors who like try to just like stay producing content like almost like an influencer like a tiktok person and they just want to just keep it going once they got the deal and things like that i don't know if i could do that but i mean i like to be i like the idea of like being up to the challenge like i like self-discipline of like oh i have to write two thousand words a day and like suffering and self-harm like that but yeah yeah actually yeah for sure what's up He probably would have made friends with people on Twitter or, you know, probably been on, on the internet trying to be obsessed with certain themes that he's obsessed with in the book and probably be going on, like, scary websites that trying to go on tour in the deep web and things like that, I guess, you know? You like, it's, like, a better ending than, than the book? You, you read it, Blair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't read it. Um, I, You're a Zoomer. You, I've heard of people who like go to the last few pages and read it. I'm like, why would you do that, you fucker? Yeah. Like, would he make friends with like someone like Lou if he had like was obsessed with Elliot Rogers? I don't know. Maybe, probably. He would. I mean, he's dumb like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like, you you have to, like, understand, like, back then, like, like people would turn on, like, Howard Stern, and he would talk about, like, oh, you know, I think the Columbine killer should have raped those girls that they killed so that they could get more sex out of what they did. Why didn't they get sex, you know? So it's, like, this stuff was just, like, playing as white noise in the background, and people, like, weren't, you know, or things like that. So I, I think, like, what I, my, the ultimate thesis, ew, that word, thesis of the book is, is that, like, that era sort of, is parallel to the hyper themes of masculine crisis today. Does that make sense? Cool. Yeah. Anyone else? Charlotte, I love you so much. <laughs> you're the biggest hug.
Beautiful question. I think I really want young Zoomers and artists to preserve their creative material before they post about it. I think that, you know, if you have an idea that is a tweet that could might be dialogue or imagery or something in a book, you should save it. And you should make sure to just feel that like head rush piercing feeling of making a collage and putting it all together. Like, you know, you could have an idea for a TikTok, but that could be a scene in a movie script. Like you have to constantly monitor your brain of am I doing this for instant gratification and for like just jerking off my brain in front of everyone, or do I really want to create something valuable with this beautiful thought I got? Thanks. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah, what's up? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. How did you go about that? Or like, what were you doing? I don't know. Just like cold called everyone, found people's numbers, harassed people. I mean, I was younger. So it like kind of like I kind of got like the cute pass. Like he was just a kid. He's trying. But um, I don't think I, I mean, I would hope I don't have to rely on that type of behavior. But um, really, like you just have to sort of be a bit shameless about what you want. But there's people who don't really like that quality in people. So that can really turn people off. Like, I was at, like, the Roger room the other night, and there was a photographer there that I really wanted to, that I saw was there. And I went up to him, and I got his email and number, and then I did a shoot with him a few days ago. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of see the city as, like, a lot of cold calling. You know what I mean? But there's a level of, like, shamelessness that you have to channel. And I don't know if I would recommend it, but there, there, look, there, there, there's, like, two types of people in the world. There's, like, the desperate, needy, obsessive people who want to become successful. And then there are the people who become successful by just being chill and cool and just, like, breezing their way through it. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. I am a tryhard in that way, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Oh, Rachel. Hi, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember Ellen Hopkins' books and, and those um, uh, type of uh, dark YA material. I mean, Gossip Girl was, like, subversive for its time. Like, she got a lot of shit. The author, Cecily, that she was, like, making child porn. You know what I mean? Things like that. So definitely you're right. Like, I think it is, like, a bit of a tome that's supposed to pay homage to this, like, teen scandalous uh, era. And I think you're right. Like, um that was how I kind of got this cinematic idea of teenagers that really bothered me when I actually became a teenager and it wasn't like that. You know, I was like, it's not, it doesn't feel like Laguna Beach. It doesn't feel like uh, Crank. It doesn't feel like any of these things. It just was just fucking boring, you know? So I just think that, um, of course, like there is, there is a homage to like that scandalous teen I mean, that's like, the, I mean, that's what the whole publisher's fear was. They thought that teenagers would read the book and want to reenact the behavior and that the parents would call them and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is a critique. Like, it's so clearly. Anyways, whatever. Anyone else? Are we good? Okay. Well, thank you so much, guys. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. I get it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Um, did they tell you where you'll be signing? Oh, am I, or doing am I, doing I don't know if you'll be at like a table. Am I, am I, I'm doing that? Okay, yeah. cool. I've never done I that. I guess you can keep it. Uh, yeah. Not a yeah. Okay, where do I do?
Okay, cool. Okay.